Hey, what up? Welcome to another episode of Trash Talk with Young Custodian. I'm Young Custodian here, joined with my brother, Billy. Billy? 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 Billy, how you doing? I am uh, doing as well as I can be, man. Sinuses are kind of flaring up, but, uh, you know, nothing well, with, all broken, with all the broken noses you've had, you sound the same to me. Yeah, I do not feel like I'm. Uh, I'm actually pretty, uh, pretty swollen up in there. Is, so. is it bad? Does it hurt or is it just annoying? Uh, it doesn't hurt. Just annoying. Um, I can definitely tell. Uh, you know that uh, I don't have a lot of airway coming through my nose, so I am a uh, mouth breather for the foreseeable future until this is fixed. <laughs> and bet your lips are chapped as hell. Oh yeah, buddy. Especially in the winter. Woo. Yeah, don't even uh, I don't 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 even talk about it, man. I am <laughs> I am hurting. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about the Royal Rumble, but before we get into that, we got a little special special something for y'all. I've been yeah. doing this podcast. I don't even know what episode this is, but for a minute now, and we really don't know much about me. So for this episode, I thought we would let uh, Billy, who's going to be my new co-host on these things, surprise, uh, surprise. Uh, yeah, I'm going to let him take the reins, and we're going to do a little get-to-know-young custodian before we get into the Royal Rumble. How do you feel about that? You know what, man? I'm actually surprisingly down for it. I'm uh, I'm usually okay with just kind of being in the background, but uh, yeah. yeah, I am uh, I'm totally cool with uh, you know hosting this and getting to know more about you. So. Well, we've done like so many fucking – me and you have done so many – first episodes of podcast. I'm surprised that we have done like seven episodes or however many we've done together of this so far already. Yeah. So might as well just keep it going and like you were we I don't know. I think we were each other's first podcast hosts. Yeah, I we are like the kings of pilots. <laughs> Still waiting for the spoons at the pond album to <laughs> Yes. Spoons at the pond man that's that's years. Holy yeah, God, that's going back years. Yeah, that's so, uh, over a decade almost. Yeah, we've been. Yeah, that's because. Yeah, yeah, damn, we're old. Yeah, you're like in thirty. What three now? Me, yeah, I'm uh, going to be thirty three this year. In May. Yeah, it's one of those M. <laughs> those M months. <laughs> damn. M's. All right. All right, so man. You want to go ahead and just get into this thing? Let's jump into it. Get to know Young Custodian. All right. Well, uh, you know, as everyone knows already, this is the special Get to Know Young Custodian podcast. I am going to be the host of this episode. Uh, mm-hmm. I am Billy Jean from This Is a Shoot podcast. That's uh, him. So we are going to get to know all sides of Young Custodian, not just his wrestling endeavors but also a little bit of his personal side and you know we'll just see where where this takes us right and i would also like to say i have no say in this i don't know what he said don't know what he got prepared i don't know anything yeah i i told him i asked you prior i was like hey like i could send you these questions if you want to know like ahead of time that way you can prepare and he's like nope don't do that just free ball him. <laughs> yeah and free balling's the way I live. I ain't wearing britches now. I just got cargo pants on. There we go. All right, man. Let's do this. Let's start off with this. Through your own eyes, who is Young Custodian? Through my damn. Okay, but uh, <laughs> I only so, ask the uh, the most hard hitting questions here. 
All right, so to his own eyes, to his young, young custodian is Dom Fisher. Like, if you go back and you watch the Headlocks and Hangovers intro, and it says Underwaiter as Brandon Bennett, Fresh Voice, Kyle Craft, it says Young Custodian as himself. I am he, he is him. I am Young Custodian is a loud, lavish, drunk, flamboyant, uh, hilarious person with some alcohol problems, anger issues, and a slight lisp. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't have like, described it any better myself. <laughs> who like to smoke weed a little bit and could deep throat a corn dog? Now guess what's me? Deep throat a corn dog. That's new to me. Oh yeah, I will eat the fuck out of corn dogs. Nice. And uh, I'm just a damn good custodian. I'm going on. Uh, this will be my 11th year. Okay, so adding on to this, for the people that may tune in for the first time right Mm -hmm. let's say you know somehow this gets out of our friends group and goes into some of their friends we're Um, big in australia there we go there we go uh i didn't know that existed yeah Um, i'll send you the the (laughs) uh at this point uh where did the young custodian name come from so i i graduated high school in 2011 and I'm turning 30 this year. That's wild. And um, but my my first job was working at Pizza Hut, but I quit that because my two friends who promised me they would work there with me quit right when I got hired. I don't know who that would be. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know who said Tom. Come on. <laughs> I believe one of those friends was a manager, right? Yeah, one of those motherfuckers passed me. It, it was it was Billy and his wife. So, and then from there, I worked at the diaper factory. And you then can't I prove got, that. <laughs> I, I can't prove that. And then from there, I like, I, a year out of high school, I worked at, uh, for the school, I could say, because I don't work there now, for Delaware City Schools where I graduated. Yeah. And I w- custodians are old as fuck, and I'm young, so I was started calling myself Young Custodian, and then I would send questions into the Dirtbag Dan Battle Rap Podcast show. Yeah, and I would, and then they started calling me Young Custodian with along with me. So once it caught on, like I hate to sound corny, but like I got fans from being a fan from the Dirtbag Dan show. So like people around the world started calling me a Don, uh, Young Custodian, and I'm conceited, so I just started going by that. Now I'm not the young custodian anymore. There's a fucking 18-year-old kid that works at the school I work at now, and it drives me nuts. So now you're just, what, like the middle-aged custodian? <laughs> no. I'm, I'm, the, I'm just dumb. Just <laughs> Mr. Dumb. Fisher now. Mr. Fisher now, which that, I'm not used to. That doesn't sound as, like, exhilarating. No. <laughs> not at all. All day, every day. You're as young as you feel, and I'm 76. <laughs> um, so... What got you into um, life, I guess, as a custodian? Was this something that, like, you uh, you wanted to venture into? Or was it something you just kind of, like, stumbled into? So it kind of is – so my it, – it, it's going to sound poetic, but it's not even. So, like, my grandpa, my dad's dad, my grandpa John, mm-hmm. he was a custodian for years. Okay. And, like, you know, he loved it. My dad would go help him in the summer. And I always knew that. But that's not why I was – became a custodian. I was looking for a job one day and Jacob Ruxrode's mom worked at fucking SAC and he was like, hey, they're hiring custodians. Apply. 
And then he took me to apply and I met the boss and they're like, oh, it's online application, but nice to meet you. So it had nothing to do with my grandpa. But I said that in my interview that it did. <laughs> it ju- I just needed a job. And yeah. every- anybody can be custodian. Everybody knows how to clean. And like setting up events is easy once you do it the first yeah. time. It's just a lot of work. But it's- anybody can be a custodian. It ain't too hard. Now, was this something that you seen at like when you first got into it as, you know, hey, I could actually like I wouldn't mind a career in this? Or was it just something that you thought would be, you know, maybe like um, a couple years thing until because I know at one point you wanted to do something with culinary arts, right? You wanted to mm-hmm. go into like like uh, making food and being a chef. Yeah. Um, was this something you, that you thought was just going to hold you over until you can do something with like a chef career, or you know, was this something that once you got into it, you're like, oh yeah, this is I want to do this. So I would like to say that it, you and your wife both have quoted my homemade pancakes as the best pancakes you've ever had. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I still um, stand by that. But um no, so actually I when when my grandma or Toby died when was that my junior year? Right. Um, yeah. uh she kinda like was my inspiration for cooking and I kinda just fell out of that. And um um also until recently and I still am, but in, I was an extremely picky eater, but now I eat some things and mm. when you're a chef you can't be picky. You gotta taste everything thing you cook i don't yeah. believe in not tasting my food and i'm not going to taste something i don't like so i didn't want to cook but i got interviewed for like sullivan university which is like the basis of kentucky fried chicken it's a very prestigious um culinary school in louisville kentucky and lexington but i would have went to the louisville branch they came down from uh kentucky to interview me actually and uh wow and my dad it's an expensive school my dad's gonna make it work but like i didn't have my heart into it and i wasn't gonna take my parents in debt for that much money if my heart wasn't into it and the custodian thing um i didn't know it could be a career until i was 18 years old with a motherfucking 19 sorry 19 years old with a motherfucking retirement plan so yeah yeah and like i could work anywhere and what i always say is um being a custodian is something these robots can't do robots can't clean like a human can clean i'm sorry they'll go crazy and postal so i could pretty much work anywhere in the country and i'm a 10-year vet like and i've been doing it since i was young i could retire at like 52 so at this point you're pretty much uh you're going out and letting here and saying that uh good custodians right are irreplaceable yeah like uh and also if i wasn't a custodian i can't be young custodian you got to live the gimmick brother (laughs) <laughs> don't don't work yourself into a shoot. You know I mean? Don't work myself into a shoot. <laughs> CM Punk still drinks caffeine. He's not true straight edge. Fat. <laughs> Pepsi. Pepsi tattooed on him. He's dating a Puerto. He's married to a Puerto Rican. He's not straight edge. Yep. Sorry, that was racist. <laughs> don't care. No, you're good. Oh, I don't know if I'm gonna say that. Nah, you you can't uh, <laughs> you can't cancel someone who's uh, you know doesn't give a shit i mean (laughs) all right so (laughs) now now that we have um our basis on the young custodian uh side right now at least like the the origins of the young custodian right yeah my orgy story let's the orgy story we we have to you know that's we we're going to uh claim that right that's the name of the title yeah, that's the name of the episode. Let, yep, I like it. The origin story. <laughs> Clickbait. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> okay. Um, let's now let's kind of take it back a little bit further, right? All right. Um, I knew you would do this. Dom, like the actual human being behind the young custodian, the custodian moniker and gimmick. The man right? behind the broom. Exactly. Um, let's start off with the the basis of how did you come into your love for pro wrestling? Um, simple. I've said this a million times. I was watching a VHS, and it was WrestleMania three, and uh, I was captivated by Macho Man Randy Savage versus uh, a Ricky the Dragon Dreamboat. And honestly, it's it's the fit outfits, Macho Man. Specifically, out there. I love the the flare, the flamboyant. Yeah. It's same reason why I watch RuPaul now. The so outfits. It was the pageantry like, of the whole thing then, more than the the, the, the sport. And then, but then when you watch the athleticism in the, I thought it was real. Yeah. Then I started watching when I would watch with like my cousins and stuff. Mm-hmm. I thought the Undertaker was really dead. I thought Kane yeah. was really burned. I thought the Rock mm-hmm. was really well. Dwayne Johnson, like, <laughs> um, it's just like there's something for everybody in wrestling. Yeah, yeah. like, it's like these these are it's real life superheroes, but with soap opera added to it. And like, yeah, I like, that. like I'm watching Spider Man, I'm watching Batman, I'm watching all these people, but they're also human beings. Like when you meet them, they're like real ass people. They're fucking, they're football yeah. players that got injured. They're just real people, but they could do amazing shit. I always say wrestling is cooler than my job because they could jump off ladders. <laughs> sure I mean, not, no one's stopping you. <laughs> um, let's, okay, so... It's an escape from reality. You could suspend disbelief and not look like a total fucking jackrabbit. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, and that's that's like another thing, man. It's uh, that whole debate on um, people making fun of wrestling because they, they always, you know, it's that typical, like, you know, it's not real, right? And it's to me, it's like the same thing as watching like The Walking Dead or something right. like that, right? It's yeah. like you don't go up to people who's watching The Walking Dead and be like, hey, why do you like this show? You know, it's not real, right? It's, it's the same deal. I always go. When you meet Iron Man, you're not meeting Iron Man. You meet Robert Downey Jr. When yeah. I met Finn Balor, I met Finn Balor. Exactly. I met Alexa Bliss. I met Sami Zayn. I Bailey. met Bailey. I yeah. met Schlack. I met Casanova Valentine. I was in a Nick Gage mosh pit. You yeah. don't meet Iron Man. You meet Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Fact. That's a uh, beautiful way of putting it. I don't think I've ever heard it described that way. It's it's true. When it comes I'm down to... Gone. Um. Okay. So, with that going on, you said that you were watching a VHS tape, and it was mm-hmm. WrestleMania three at this point. Um. Yeah. You know, Savage Steamboat, the iconic match. Um. If you take that match out of WrestleMania three, do you have any other like um any other match that you could go to and watch? Um, on WrestleMania three. Um, listen, I I really like was that was that Junkyard Dog Harley Race? Ooh, um, I don't know about that. I think that. Uh, let me look at. Let me pull up the card real quick. I got my laptop right here. So, um, but 
I'm going to say that, like, I'm sorry, Hogan versus Andre, it's good for maybe one watch every six it years. Was. It's, it's, it's an iconic match, but I didn't like Hogan versus Andre. I got them card up right here. Yeah, Let I me see too. if I could pull anything. Yeah, it this was, card was pretty card booty. Sucked. <laughs> it was booty. <laughs> oh, oh, you mean the barn burner that is Butch Reed versus Coco Beware? Yeah, Har- uh, Harley Race and Zunger Dog was on this. You like that one because yeah. and only, I'm reading this history book about uh, dead wrestlers pretty much, and the only reason mm-hmm. this one's in is because Junkyard Dog not only didn't bow, but then he just jumped Harley Race at the end and just danced in the ring. I like that, but how can you not like a Junkyard Dog match? No. Oh, wait. This had a uh, motherfucking... Then this have... Hold up. One second. Nope. <laughs> never mind. This, match, this, this WrestleMania sucked. Yeah, they, like... I can't. Okay. I I think the only real two that I truly remember off the air are the the big matchups between Ricky Steamboat and Macho Man, and also Hogan and Andre. Uh, um, Danny Davis and the Hart Foundation versus San, Tito Santana and Bulldog wasn't bad, but it they could have went longer than eight yeah, minutes. Yeah, it's. I don't know. Like this WrestleMania three had I think was to me just a a two match. Show and Sorry. one of them actually like Hulk Hogan and Andre. I mean, yeah, definitely for the time it was it was awesome, right? That's that's the that's the match that really sold WrestleMania three, right? Like, but it's not the it's but not if you the watch, match of the night, right? It's not the match of the night in by any means. But and everyone, yeah. I think, I, can't I think pick true any like wrestling fans remember WrestleMania three for Macho versus oh Steve. oh you mean. Where King Kong Bundy bullied midgets in a hillbilly for three minutes? <laughs> yes. Wait, hillbilly gym, right? Yeah. 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 No, this one sucked. All right. Well. Shout uh, out Macho Man. Yeah, shout out Macho Man. Um. So, so Macho Man became your favorite wrestler. You said, was it strictly because of the pageantry or was there anything else that like drew you to Macho Man? And what proceeded, like what, what did your life look like growing up with um with wrestling like what like how much further did it go let's say like um like who did you start to follow did your interests change um based on you know like the more you got into it did, did macho man become like you know maybe like a third favorite wrestler and you had like another like favorite or did macho man stay that solid number one like it kind of like explain like your what wrestling kind of like became? As how long know. have we known each other? How long have we known each other? Yeah, how long have you and I known Since each other. Two thousand eight. I know what you're trying to do to me, motherfucker. You're trying to you're trying to goad me into into you you're trying to goad me into telling you that I I'll, I'll tell you, Macho Man has always been my favorite wrestler. What what and and my we me and you have sat into on your front porch <laughs> and we have made lists of favorites yeah. forever and our, my, it it's switched from time to time but my number one has always been Macho Man. Macho Man. Uh, he not his pageantry drew me in. His pageantry yeah. drew me in. His promos, his in ring work. My cat's in here. His in ring work. His uh, his his uh, love for the game. Every yeah. like he intense. But what what kept me going was just 
if there's Macho Man, there's more. Like, so I started just when I would stay up late on YouTube and Wikipedia, and I'd read people's life story. And then what got me, what got me in, like, I was like, oh, there's this place called Japan. I never heard of Japan. Yeah. And so, like, I started researching wrestlers from Japan, and then I started researching wrestlers in Mexico, and I started doing all this. And so, like, my top five, if I would, because you're trying to go me into saying my top five favorite. I'm hey, hold on, and that that's coming. That's... Okay, okay. So then I'll shut up and I'll just say I did a lot of research and I learned all these people in yeah. all through Macho Man. Macho Man got me my love for this. Show. I don't give a fuck about the Rock, I, and I do actually. That's a lie. But all my favorite wrestlers are. I only got like maybe one or two from America, and the rest are imports. Just from I wanted to know so much about this weird ass world of soap opera fighting. Yeah, and all because of this motherfucker in a bedazzled cowboy hat and purple stars. What is your favorite? Ohio, by the way. What's up? He's from Columbus, Ohio, by the way. Oh yeah, Ho- like hometown, uh, hometown guy. Hometown. Guy. Uh, what is your favorite era of wrestling? Probably the. That's hard. Probably the either. Either like if, now or the seventies. The seventies, okay. The golden era is okay. really good. Like I didn't think about going back and watching Bruiser Brody and fucking Abdullah the Butcher fighting in there. Going back and watching uh, Harley races, NWA runs. Going back and watching um, motherfucking the fucking Rock and Roll Express. Like I like yes. that. I like the seventies, but now is a really good time to be a wrestling. Well, okay. The last six months, but besides that, okay. So here's here's a question I'm gonna pose, and it might be a little bit controversial, but we're gonna go ahead and hit it. Oh, oh no, not controversial. Attitude era overrated. Yes. And what's your reasoning behind that? Here's the deal: you got your rock, you got your Stone Cold, and you got your Undertaker. And you got your foley for a bit. But besides that, you got a bunch of homophobia. You got a bunch of womanizing. You got a bunch of uh, bullshit matches. Go back, and this is kind of a preempt to the end of the show, but go back and watch any Royal Rumble from the mid-90s. You know who's going to win just by watching it. You think fucking Henry O. Godwin is going to win? No, it's a bunch, bunch of mid-carters. Mid-carters? Mid- two or three minutes. Sexism homophobia there was never a full match and it and, and then if you go back you look at the, what one of the biggest storylines the corporate ministry it's me us and all that yeah. it is all just a look on on unionizing and not unionizing <laughs> if you break it down it's all just a yeah. bunch of political bullshit it's not it's not good it's not good the matches were, there's some great matches one of the best royal rumble matches comes from 2000 uh, with Cactus jack and triple h but like you get you got the main guys and then you got fucking Fucking uh, Ken Shamrock running around like a fucking chicken with his head cut off at the time. Goldust trying to get titty implants. It's not a good era. I once told my wife, um, because we were watching something about the Attitude Era, and you know, I like I grew up like watching the Attitude Era and all that, and um, you know, I also watched a lot of like WCW during that time. But mm-hmm. I told her. Because we were watching something that's talked about how, like, the Attitude Era is one of, like, the greatest, like, eras, especially when it comes down to viewership and all that stuff. And I told her, I said, I don't 
really understand why I said I'm going to go at this point. It was while the WWE Network was still going around, uh, like the yeah. original WWE Network. And I said I'm just going to go to a Raw from the '90s, from the late '90s, and I'm just going to put on a Raw, and I guarantee you, not one of these matches are going to end clean. Right? There's going to be a run in. There's going to be uh, disqualification. Something along. Something messy is going to happen throughout every single one of these matches right and i literally yeah. turned on a random raw and every single one it had like jeff jarrett on it and stuff like that it was like the, i think it was the jeff jarrett and china storyline that was overlapping and every single match was there was a run in um there was some sort of like you know sabakari that happened and there wasn't a clean finish in the entire night like, After this, I'm gonna screenshot and send you the book I'm reading. I think yeah. you'll really like it. It's yeah. a it. it you, do you follow the Mass Wrestler podcast on Twitter? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm reading. You know, he talked a lot about dead wrestlers and shit. Yes. I'm reading. I'm reading that book, and it's fucking. Oh, awesome. it's, it's crazy. I'm. All, I got ten minutes left of it. Nice. Because it, it tells you on my app, my book yeah. reading app, uh, and I got ten minutes left of it, and it's ending on the Benoit. Redacted, sorry, and Ooh, Eddie Guerrero's story. And I'm also reading Eddie Guerrero's book at the same time. But yeah, I'll send you this book, the screenshot of this book. You need to read it. Definitely. I, yeah, I need also, to Also, they're very rude describing wrestlers. They called Dick the Snake Tubby and they called China a Neanderthal. It's pretty. <laughs> they keep talking about how Dynamite Kid was too short. Like, they are very yes, sad. I love it. It's a really good reason. And it goes back to like the Tooth Mons era, the the fucking uh, talk about Gorgeous George before he was Gorgeous George, all that yeah. shit. Good book. Sorry, it's your podcast. I'm no, just we're just gonna we're gonna go ahead and and move on here. Um, now yeah. that we have like your basis of how you got into wrestling, your your all time favorite wrestler. We understand what now what your favorite era of wrestling is, which is the, either today or the seventies. Um, which in my mind is two completely different style of eras but both did you think i would answer that um i i kind of thought that maybe like a ruthless aggression era was like going to be there i know know that's when like eddie guerrero and all them were there but ruthless aggression is good but then you also have a lot of big show in that era yes the big show was all over that era (laughs) it's that big show too not even tall and white like um but let's let's go on to now. Um, so you start venturing into. I know you have a massive love for um, uh, like Mexico and like lucha libre mm-hmm. um, wrestling uh, stuff like AAA. Uh, I know that you you got me into a lot of uh, uh, like AAA and like uh, people like Pagano and stuff like that. That up Pagano, um, yeah. Um, and you also got into a lot of Japanese wrestling. Um, so where, where did you start, I guess, learning and finding a love for wrestling outside of the United States? Um, it actually goes back to, uh, remember on PlayStation one, the WCW Thunder game? Yeah. Yeah. So my love for Mexican and Japanese wrestling and outside of America Came from being able to play as Ultimo Dragon or La Parca. La Parca, yes. As a kid, you just see these two mass superheroes, and you're like, what the fuck are these guys? And then you look them up when the internet comes out, and you're like, oh, these guys are, are, 
crazy. And like I found out about Mexican wrestling through Ultimo Dragon, who may be a Japanese dude, but he got his he got his flowers. He started doing his wrestling in AAA. Anytime he wrestled in Japan, he'd wear his AAA gear. And yeah. so I started looking up all his matches, and that got me into, uh, uh, you know, a Great Sasuke. That got me into Hayabusa, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. That got me into all these guys. And then while looking up La Parca, you got me into some of the more, not not athletic, but the more brawls of Mexico. Yeah. Like the more fighting, like, yeah, he could do moves, he could do flips. And then you got him into fighting people, and then you got me into the, the Villanos, the motherfucking uh, my psycho clown who is now like fucking if you think about psycho clowns like the Hulk Hogan of Mexico right now not a great wrestler but yeah God, Beast, and I yeah. still I still yeah. stand by mm-hmm. today and you got and then I've always loved Conan and Conan in NWO Wolfpack I've always loved him so like I know yeah. he's a shitty person but like he he got me into it and so I started researching that shit and I just started watching all these old triple A's I started watching God triple A sucks but I started watching all these old matches, and there's some good. Like, I would make you watch 40-minute matches with me from Mexico, and they would be not one cool spot in it, but I would still make you watch it. And then yeah, uh, like in Japan, it's just like – I mean, Japan's that's honestly how Japan. I learned about um, Lucha Libre uh, was was through you. It's a lot of, like, CMLL and AAA and all that. Well, CMLL is the oldest wrestling promotion in the world. Yeah, and that really helps. And yeah, they're shady, but like the Mexican, everything's either and everything's either run by the cartel or the triads when it comes to Mexico, Japan. But okay. um, it's, <laughs> <or Tony. laughs> that's what I. <laughs> but uh, it's 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 such a crazy and like the it's such a crazy like lore character development. Like mask wrestling is yeah. like so important to Mexicans and Japanese people. And it yeah. all comes from Mexico. So like just getting into that. That's and like. You don't understand what they're saying, and the announcers get so more hype. I'd rather. I think the announcers for and this even holds true with Japanese wrestling, right? Mm -hmm. Like I think the announcers, um, when it comes down to both Mexico and Japan, are so much more, um, I guess, uh, vibrant and excited about what they're watching than like American commentators, right? You want to you want to listen to Kevin Gill of Vampiro, or do you want to listen to some guy named Carlos yell at you? I'd rather listen to Carlos. (laughs) Sorry, Kevin Gill. Yeah, uh, I know you have a, a a love for. Before we get into your Japanese like like uh, wrestling love, I know you mm-hmm. have a love for uh, masks, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, with lucha libre, um, yeah. I want to know what are your top three favorite masks of all time and from Mex from from Mexico lucha libre. From Mexico first. Yep. Um, is Drago Mexican? I, I'm pretty sure he's in the Lucha Libre style, so we'll go. I'm not going to count him. Ultimo Dragon, number one. Ultimo. He counts as Mexican, right? He's not Mexican, but does he, he count was, as Mexican? He was de- I think he was definitely tr- AAA. Yeah, he he in his super. I just watched his Super Junior match versus Great Sasuke. That's yeah. one of the, he was winning AAA. I'm going Ultimo Dragon. That counts as a Mexican wrestler. Um, I'm going with La Parca. Okay. And I'm going psychosis, but psychosis, um, not punk rock psychosis, like old school psychosis, yes. Jerry Cole with the bulls, not the black and leather psychosis. No, the yeah, white yeah. psychosis. I like that. Those okay. are okay. 
Yeah, no. Yeah, that's, so it. that's it. What are your what are your top three like Japanese masks? Um like Japanese like like centered wrestlers that like wear masks. Hayabusa. Okay. Um I'm gonna go. Hmm. Yeah, that's what the Great entrance mask count. Who? Great Muda's entrance mask. Oh, I I'll take it. Yeah, Great Muda's entrance mask, and then you got to go Despy, right? Desperado. I like that. Desperado mm-hmm. has a great mask. Yeah, I like mm-hmm. it. So so out of okay, so those those are six. Mm-hmm. So let's go with Ultimate Dragon. <laughs> Ultimo Dragon versus Hayabusa. Which mask is better? Fuck you. <laughs> I guess I gotta... Hmm. You gotta go Ultimo Dragon, right? Ultimo? You gotta go Ultimo. R.I.P. Hayabusa, but you gotta go Ultimo Dragon. Okay. I I honestly thought you were going Hayabusa. Yeah. I know you did. Honestly, you the best... Glacier. You said Glacier? Yeah, Glacier. <laughs> <laughs> Sub-Zero. Um, all right, so with that, let's transition into your love for Japanese wrestling. So um, I so this came from, I guess, like the, the same type of way, right, would be... Was this stemmed off of video games as well? Like, did you play, like, WCW versus the World or something like that and get into... Like, yeah, and I'm like... I always picked the character that I didn't even know him at the time. What was it? It was Hayabusa, but it wasn't Hayabusa. No, they had like other names because of the rights and stuff. I'm about to look it up, but yeah, my love. And then I, 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 I like that. And then while I was doing research, I, you know, I found out about Great Muda, and then I found out about the, um, found out about Hayabusa. I found out I, I was like these masks look like the people I played in these video games. Like I remember Abdullah the Butcher was Saladin in the game. Okay. Um, and I was like, That's well, <laughs> so glad he was so glad. The, the, the one thing you should not be associating a little butcher, butcher with is anything that has the word salad. salad. <laughs> like, <laughs> All right. I got the, I got the list up here. I'm about to find Hayabusa's character. Oh, man. Salad. But yeah, it was Saladin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I remember he don't eat. No, yeah, he's still alive. <laughs> Wild. Yeah, that dude isn't anywhere close to salad. <laughs> hey, it wasn't Hannibal. I can't remember who it was. Look, there's Aladdin. Did <laughs> 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 you say Aladdin was Kenyu? No, that was uh, uh, anyway. Yeah, that was Hayabusa. I played as him. Okay, so, so. Where Maybe. where did this where did this take you into Jap- Japanese wrestling? Did it take you into like all Japan? Did it take you into Anoki? Like it took me a lot of it took me into old school all Japan, and then I started. I, when I watched all Japan, I realized Giant Baba kind of sucks. Yeah, and so it kind of got me into uh um uh fucking Onita, which Onita. That got me into the death match with FMW, which is where I um, yeah we we're gonna go into that yeah and um but it got me mainly into like 
strong style got me into all japan new japan noah just okay. young young baby face suzuki well he wasn't a baby face his face was a little he was handsome um <laughs> um just japanese people kicking each other punch each other doing flips i don't think suzuki's uh, ever been young no, yeah, yeah. There's pictures I, of young, handsome. No, I, I, I know there's pictures of a handsome Suzuki, but you, you could actually probably convince me that, that guy's still probably like forty years old. And that's your, that's your systemic racism that we're dealing with. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it got me into all of it, like the or like why is the audience quiet? Oh, they're into yeah. it. They're cheering when it happens. The once again, the athleticism. You can Completely go from you could go to flips to just getting punched in the face. And then I started seeing my American counterparts going into Japan to wrestle. Like, Hulk Hogan actually wrestled, wrestled in Japan. Fuck oh, Hogan. his matches with uh, the great Muda? Yeah, those are great. Those are awesome. Yeah, but still, we hate Hulk Hogan here. Like, if you ever watch his matches with, with great Muda, like anyone out there listening, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he sits there and does, like, a spinning, like, drop toe hole. Like, it's... Yeah. It's crazy. He, he did a standing armbar. Yeah. Yeah. Fact. But yeah, I just Japanese wrestling will always be like number one in my heart. Yeah. So okay, so you got into um and what about like your uh your fascination with like uh with Anoki for a while? Cause I know you got into like kind of like like Anokiism, his I know you loved his stuff with Muhammad Ali. <laughs> I love it. Look, <laughs> Sucks. The match. Muhammad Ali is one of my heroes. The match yeah. sucks. I read his book. I read the book about Anoki versus Ali. I read. I read that Gotch wanted Anoki to literally murder Ali. He didn't think he respected the sport, which Ali did. Yeah. Um, but Gotch wanted him to go in and straight kill him. Uh, Anoki is the reason Ali's career suffered after that because his knees were just non-existent. It's literally the first MMA fight. Um, yeah. The yeah. What when you put pro wrestlers in with real MMA fighters, they're going to get their ass beat. Bob Zapp even beat some ass. Like, that's, don't, yeah. don't do that. But it's just the respect these people have for Anoki. Like, it's still in America. He's never wrestled for Vince McMahon ever in his life. He's in the yeah. WWE Hall of Fame. Like, it's, it, it's an honor to get smacked in the face by Anoki, which he's dead, and I think I still don't want to fight him. Like, yeah. Anoki, and he, he was, he was, one of the only students of Ricky Dozan, right? Like, yeah. And Ricky Dozan was killed by the goddamn triads, allegedly. I didn't say that. I did yeah. not say allegedly. That. Allegedly, let's, uh, <laughs> let's switch. Uh, um, but like, it's just yeah, just the respect, the lore, the the mystique. But like, and like some people say he's not even fully Japan. They say with his Antonio and with his jawline, he's actually Italian immigrant whose mom was Japanese. But yeah. they don't know that. Like it's not known, and like he just, and he always wore a, a scarf. <laughs> That's a fact. I mean, even to I think I think when they even wheeled it, wheeled him out, like before you know, his un, you know, unfortunate passing, I'm pretty sure he had a scarf. Yeah, and he was. He always had one. Uh, yeah. Um. So, okay. So with that, let's get into kind of a little bit of, uh current that's mixed with like your your history right um you have a just a passion for deathmatch wrestling 
I love it. Uh, like an absolute passion for it. I think some of my some of my earliest memories uh, from you, uh, if not talking about like Godzilla and superheroes, we were uh, we were well technically you were showing me um, DVDs at like this like uh, game store of like CZW highlights and stuff like mm-hmm. that. We would go on YouTube and I remember you showed me the first uh, M Dog. Um, yeah, my first M Dog like highlight video. And you know he like wrestled for Pro once. I did not know that. Teamed with Trey, uh, mm-hmm. he, not Trey Miguel. That was really racist of me. Myron Reed. Oops. <laughs> he was Myron Reed. Um, you were the first ones, uh, first one to start bringing bringing me into a lot of the uh, that CZW scene. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, with like Sick Nick. Uh, you're you. Uh, uh oh what's his name um wife beater yeah yeah wife with, beater. The, with the weed whacker yes you uh you also showed me uh a whole bunch of i for some reason i'm going brain dead on a lot of the freaking names right now um uh brain damp uh there's right there was yeah brain, um, damage. Yeah, brain damage there was uh 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 necro butcher there, there's a there's a sexy whole I showed you sexy Eddie. Yes. Um I showed you um Thumbtack Jack. There was a whole like just mountain of wait did I show you your first Moxley match? Yeah, you were the one that showed you were actually the one that showed me the very first um one with the uh Death? uh the, the, the thing across the across the forehead that he was Oh the the what? The pizza cutter? Yeah. Well, no, it wasn't a pizza cutter. There was like, it was like a, it was like an electric kind of like like the saw. Tool. The saw. The, yeah. The, the, the Yeah. Yeah, that was like that cross thing. You were the first one to show me that, and I that was years ago. That was before like it got kind of like popular again. Before like, Dean Ambrose. Yeah. So you were the first one to show me all that stuff. Yeah. Um so with that being said, like, where did your love for deathmatch wrestling start? Because it seemed like when I met you, you had already figured out this, like, deathmatch wrestling, right? Google. Playing Mortal Kombat in Google. Just blood and violent and that the humans can do this and not die. Well, some of them did die. R.I.P. those ones lost. Yeah, but, uh, like, it's just wrestling with, like, instead of chairs, it's light tubes and something. I guess Mick Foley. Probably Mick Foley. With the with yeah, when yeah. I saw him jumping off the thing and then him being the king of the death match, googling FMW, it goes back to Japan. Yeah, and Mortal Kombat, blood, just blood. I like blood. I like violence. I don't like horror movies though. I do recently, but yeah, but how big of a role did Onita play in a lot of this? Like your like love for death match. Uh, the, the biggest role that shit with him and Funk and Funk covered him, yeah, and all that shit. That was probably the first death match I ever saw, and um, um, just saw that Terry Funk, who was one of the he 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 should have not been doing this at that age, and like yeah. one of the greatest technicians turned into the greatest brawlers, and and then I saw this match on some grainy footage and fucking when YouTube was not even YouTube yet, like. That's how young we are. Like, I, like, I remember just, you said, I remember you showed me like, you, for like two weeks straight, you had me like watching just you're like, hey, you got to watch this, like CZW content, right? You got to watch this, you got to watch this, you got to watch this. 
And then after all that, I was like, dude, this is some of the craziest stuff I've ever seen, right? Yeah. And you said, all right, we're about to go up another level. And you started showing me FMW stuff with Onita, right? Yeah. Mm hmm. Like and, that, that FMW is so hard that champion was called the brass knuckle like heavyweight champion and shit. That's hard. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the only reason why I wanted to ask you about Onita because I know that Onita was one of the first people that you showed me. I think it was like Onita, and then you started showing me. Um, like I said, dude, I like I my brain is not like work, working correctly right now. Um, was it was Mike also named the Gladiator? Like the Gladiator, right? Correct. Yeah, Correct. okay, so, and then you start showing me, like, Mike Austin with the Gladiator over there and all that. Um, it was just a, a lot of just brutal stuff. You showed me, of course, Mick Foley's stuff over there, Terry Funk. Mm -hmm. um, some of the most insane stuff that I've seen. And, you know, some some people, when, when they watch it, you know, it's uh, it is something they can watch, like, every now and then, right? Or some people like yeah. see it once and be like, okay, that's enough for me. But you seem to have gravitated just more and more into it, right? You're you're very firm in the actual deathmatch mm -hmm. scene today. Tell me about that. Um, well, I just you know, I started like I I, I just started getting into it, like um watching it like so it basically came from my I, I didn't watch Deathmatch for a long time, like in the middle, like maybe from like eighteen to like twenty one, twenty two, and then yeah. I started going back and like, oh yeah, I loved all this shit. I bought DVDs and I started watching those same DVDs I showed you at the game, so I bought them again. <laughs> they were yeah. probably mine I sold there to begin with and they were just <laughs> the time. Started getting yeah. into it and then um twenty eighteen actually when I started going to more indie shows because I didn't go to my first wrestling show until when would we go to Money in the Bank? Was that 2015 or 2016? Uh, that was with Dusty. The Dusty, yeah. That was the Dusty. Sh Shameless one. Yeah. Whenever so that was Shameless was like, in the Bank. Was it 16? Anyway, whenever that was, that was my first, um, that was my first live show and then I started then you gave got me tickets to go to a Ring of Honor show where I saw the Young Bucks <laughs> live for the first time and I saw War Machine and all that. Um and so I started all these shows and then I found out in twenty eighteen this uh, local wrestling promotion was like doing like I started I I started getting back into Deathmatch started being on Facebook and I saw this local promotion was doing like a more hardcore style and it's it was twenty fifteen by the way. Sorry. Okay, I was just looking up to Shame in 2015, first show. And this local promotion opened up in June of 2018, Unsanctioned Pro, and I started going to those shows, and they're like, oh, these deathmatch wrestlers are working non-deathmatch style in Ohio, because they got to. Let me just go up and talk to them, because I will never, I'm never starstruck. I will go up and talk to anybody. I interrupted yeah. Joe Tunga while he was eating a burger. I don't give a fuck. I was uh, there. I Yeah. yeah. He was, <laughs> that was not happy. I challenged Hulk Hogan to a fight that day. Yeah, I that's where you're. Uh, that's like kind of where the the hatred for Hulk Hogan actually like. I don't want to say stemmed, but it's definitely where it picked up, right? Yeah, but when Unsanctioned Pros started, I started being friends with these guys. Well, not I wouldn't say friends. I started going to talk to these. I'm friends with some of them, but talking to these people, going out of my way to say, "Hey, what's up? 
And then they start recognizing me at shows, and I'm like, oh, why are deathmatch wrestlers the nicest wrestlers I ever met? And then these people just go get themselves with glass and stuff, then give you a hug with butt on them. They don't care. And they're just, it's all about fans. They're all about the people. They put their life on the line for this shit. Literally, one of them died and came back to life. Like, they, they, and and because they love this shit so much, they do it for us. And that's where my love for deathmatch came. That's the most passionate wrestlers are deathmatch wrestlers. That is, uh, I think that's something that a lot of people wouldn't, I guess, guess from just being from the outside looking in, right? They just see this brutal, like, violent uh, showcase, and they think it's, like, all for nothing. But in reality, I don't think they realize that, um, you know, these guys that's doing it, they're not doing it because the money's good in it, right? They, they're they doing it because they're, they're passionate for it. They're doing it the same reason we watch it, because they were little boys once, and they once watched their version of whoever their Macho Man was, which yeah. some of them is Macho Man, whoever their hero <laughs> was, whoever their Bret Hart was, whoever their Mr. Perfect was, that's a shout-out to you. Whoever their wrestlers were, they were doing this for that. Yeah. I respect that. Matt Tremont is the hardest-working man in wrestling today, and I stand by that. Matt Tremont is, excuse my friends, fucking amazing. Right? Met him. I met him. He's a nice guy. Yeah, he's like I've never personally like met him, but from all the experiences I've heard from like people I know meeting him, yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah. Um. Okay. So let's, I guess, go into a little bit of the like the the closing for this. Um, Yeah. Let's go to three key wrestling moments that you will always remember that has changed your life. Oh, all right. Well, I guess obviously number one is Macho Man versus Ricky. We'll throw that out. That's an obvious. So um, I guess um, three key moments that changed my life forever in wrestling. Number one. I'll go from the third to the best. The third one would be Ricky Shane Page coming in and knocking out Nick Gage and forming 440 and jumping him and stealing his title. That fucked with me emotionally. Um, Number two, I guess, would be the uh, end of uh, Macho Man and Miss Eli- and Macho Man and uh, Ultimate Warrior, where Miss Elizabeth reunites with Macho Man. I always watch that when I'm depressed because that's giving me a good cry. Yep. And I guess number one would be. I guess number one would be. My first time Sanctuary Pro show. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, seeing Marcus Crane and Eric Ryan in a multicolored brick death match. Because you can't say Lego. <laughs> yep. And, yep. And getting to be friends with Marcus Crane and shit. Also meeting Schlack. I get put meeting Schlack up there. Schlack's and awesome. Schlack is so good. Yeah, those are those are some big moments, but those three really stand out for me. All right. Well, if there was, if there was any wrestler, these are just kind of like fun, like you know, like fun yeah. questions to out. Some ones. If oh, no. you could, if you could have dinner. Right, with three wrestlers, past, present, alive or dead. Right, yeah. who would those wrestlers be? Yokozuna, 
Rikishi and Earthquake. Why is that? We throw the fuck down, bro. <laughs> we China buffet and throw the fuck down, bro. They're all kind of sumo wrestlers if you think about it, too. Yeah. One legit, two fake. Ooh. Yeah. John Tinto was a real sumo wrestler, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah. Definitely was. But I I definitely want to eat with Yokozuna. I want to eat with all those Samoans. Yeah. The the Samoan dynasty in general is, uh, I think, a story within itself. Um. Let's let's kind of uh, more fun questions, but let's kind of switch it up here. Go ahead. But I know that you are also a fan of MMA and boxing, correct? Yeah. And uh, I guess what some people might not know about you is you are really into boxing. Really, really into boxing. Yeah. So what I want to know: Who are your top five favorite boxers of all time? Gotta go Muhammad Ali. Gotta go Manny Pacquiao. Gotta go Roy Jones Jr. Gotta go. I really like he he ain't the greatest, but I really like Ruth Wayne Provodnikov. Oh, okay. Yeah. I really love him. He's dumb, but I love him. And <laughs> I'm going to go number five will probably be Oh Tyson. Tyson. I was I was wondering if you were gonna put Tyson on that list at all. Yeah, you, I, I, you gotta go Tyson. You got I put Tyson before we <laughs> go All right, all right. So Ali, Mike Tyson, Roy yeah. Jones Jr., Manny Pacquiao, Lane Provodnikov in that order. In that order, okay. Yeah. Now, what's the first boxing match that you remember watching? Oh, uh, 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 with Ropa Dope, George Foreman, Muhammad Ali. It wasn't live, obviously, but of course, obviously, it. my dad had it. Okay, yeah. See, I didn't even know that. I didn't know that that was your first. Oh was, yeah. Like, okay. Yeah, boxing um, was big in my house growing up. Uh, let's switch to the MMA side. MMA side. Here are your top five favorite fighters of all time. Clay Guida. I yeah. I love Quay Guida. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Bones. Stop doing nose beers or legalize nose beers. One or the other. <laughs> um, uh, Clay Guida is my favorite. Uh, mm-hmm. Dan Henderson. I love Dan Henderson. Knock the fuck out of both. Um, yeah, knock yeah. the fuck out of this thing. Yeah. Uh, Dan Henderson. Um, Fedor Lemelebleba. Emilianenko. <laughs> That's how you say it. <laughs> And I guess number five might have to be Nate Diaz, bro. Nate Diaz. I like it. I love um, Nate Diaz. Do you remember uh, the what ha- – do you remember, like, what you did? Um, yeah. What you, like, actually, like, physically did when Fabricio Verdum beat Fedor Emelianenko? Did I walk out of the house? What did I do? <laughs> no. You were there. Because, no, I wasn't. You wasn't there? I was living up in uh Warren. I was living up in Warren at this time. No. Did and I tell you I did this? No, I the first no, the, the first thing you did, you you literally told me uh because I I couldn't watch the fight and I was I was trying to keep updated with you and you didn't you didn't message me like for almost the entire card. And yeah. then finally you're like Holy shit, 
Fedor just, just tapped out. <laughs> I thought you were bullshitting me. I still remember, yeah. like, my – so now, like, one of my most vivid moments of Fedor Melenenko will always be um, you telling me that Fabrizio submitted him. <laughs> yeah, I was really upset with that. Yeah, I don't know why that's such a key, like, vivid memory for me. But, like, now whenever I think of Fedor, like, like it always comes back to, like, you telling me uh, that Fabrizio tapped him out. That was funny. Yeah. yeah. I was with you when, when uh, Anderson Silva's leg went long. Yes. Yes. We were together on that one. I think JT was up there and all that stuff. Too. Yeah. Yeah. We got um, kicked out of the day bar. Yes. Yeah, that's a story for another time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess there's two final questions here. Yeah. Now, uh, what is your favorite uh, MMA fight of all time? Gilbert Melendez versus Diego Sanchez. All right. I mean, you both have Diego Sanchez and our favorite fights. Like, is yours Craig Guida? Mine's Diego and Craig Guida. Yeah. That was up there. Yeah. So, uh, and my last. Uh, question is uh, when it comes down to the young custodian, how do you want to uh, be like remembered um, just in general? I want to just be remembered as young custodian Don Fisher, the guy you could shotgun a beer with who will make you laugh. He might bully you a bit. But if anybody else bullies you, he'll beat him up. And a guy that is, um, I'm just here to tell you <laughs> that it's all right. Young custodian's here. Young custodian's alive. And if I die, just remember me as the guy shotgun a beer, will bully you, and will take his shirt off at any party. It's beautiful, man. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it. That's the real you. I like yep. it. That's the person I've always, you know, known. So, um, thank you for this, by the way. Um, that is my it. final question. Um, if you want to go ahead and run the outro, um, it's been a absolute pres- like pleasure, man. We never, we never really got into. We've known each other for over a decade. We never got really into this. Um, so it's not really an outro. We're gonna take a second and we're gonna come back with like a little 20 minute royal rumble talk but um, oh nice yeah so uh young i didn't know if we were actually going to uh like take a minute and do it on this pot like do it on this episode or if it was gonna be a complete opposite it's gonna be tacked on because uh so we're gonna do a rumble i'm gonna tack it on to this it's gonna follow afterwards it'll probably be an ad break and then uh next episode i will be talking with uh derek from sanction my nice yeah he i i probably You'll probably he's probably the second most interviewed on here, yeah. so that's gonna be next episode. And then we got we got a lot of stuff coming in the year twenty twenty three, um, which I will elaborate on further. But yeah. hold tight, guys, we're gonna do a a quick little Royal Rumble talk and then get out of here.